This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. We're going to kick off this morning's podcast with an introduction of our hosts. So, Beth, if you want to introduce yourself, please. It would be my pleasure. I'm Beth Allison. I am a camp consultant, and I'm talking to you from Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. I was an executive director of Five Children's Summer Camps for 15 years with my husband, Travis, and now am passionate about making sure our staff across the world get great training. Great, thanks. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve uh, in Western North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, We are a summer camp that focuses on connecting children with nature, and we're located on a 3,400-acre private wildlife preserve. And so doing intentional programming and teaching our staff how to facilitate that is a big deal for us. And we are so excited to have a guest today on our podcast. We are interviewing Dr. Gilboa, or Dr. G, and Dr. G spoke at Mid-States this past year, and Travis came back from that conference and said, very simply, Dr. G needs to be on Camp Code. (laughs) Uh, She is a Pittsburgh-based parenting expert, family physician, international speaker, author, media expert, and mom of four boys. And Dr. G, uh, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit further? Um, you know, really, I think that that's the that's the salient points. <laughs> you know, I'll, I would I would like to add that I am a camp person because I have spent of my forty four summers of life, I have spent thirty nine of them as either a day camper, a day an overnight camper, a day camp counselor, an overnight camp counselor, a an overnight camp staff, you know, a head staff. Uh, a camp parent, and now I'm a camp doctor every summer so in Wisconsin. So I, summer means camp to me. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Great. Uh, so we're going to dive right in and jump into some, just some questions that we would love to, to ask you. And again, um, to share with our audience uh, of camp professionals. So the first one that I want to ask is somewhat of a marketing question, if you will, but I love the name of your newsletter. Uh, the, the subject line is kids not perfect yet. Um, and I want to know where that, that, uh, name came from. It's certainly one that every time, I mean, I've seen it for a year now, but every time it comes into my email, I'm like, yeah, yeah, my kids that I work with, they're not perfect yet. I got to see what's going on in this newsletter. So where did that come from? I have a very best friend who told me for years, and she's she's a friend who had kids a little bit before I did, so I often look to her for how's it going, what's coming my way, the foreshadowing, <laughs> and she's not a person who ever reads parenting blogs or parenting books or any of those things, and she had told me for years before I ever even considered writing these things that she doesn't because it always makes her want to find the person who wrote it and drive them over with her car. <laughs> so... <laughs> So as I started to dive into writing these things, I would send them to Rachel. I would say, hey, 
how does this make you feel about me? And, and she said, oh, you know, these make me want to sit and have coffee with you, not run you over with my car. And I said, that's my goal. Because what I find most useful about the suggestions about how to deal with kids, and I feel this way, you know, when I was a camp counselor and going to a mentor or a co-counselor and saying, what are we going to do about this? Or if I was trying to talk to staff when I was a unit head to say, hey, I saw that interaction and here's a different way you might handle it. I never, ever wanted to have a conversation with somebody that was, I know what you should do. Mm. Because honestly, Every relationship between an adult and a younger adult or an adult and a kid is unique. So as evidence, two counselors are going to deal with the same camper with the same issues in two totally different ways. And even if you've got one counselor who just has a fantastic relationship with that, that tough kid who's having a rough summer and the other counselors go, well, I'll do what they're doing. It won't work exactly because it's also about the dynamic between those two people. What I want when people read my stuff is for them to laugh. And I want them to know that I don't take this too seriously. I have a sense of humor about dealing with my kids or I'd have sold them by now. (laughs) So, you know, I think that I learn best when I'm laughing and I learn best from people who also have a sense of humor. So calling my newsletter Kids Not Perfect Yet was my way of poking fun at this idea that a newsletter or a book or a website or any one interaction or any one person can make kids perfect. That's great. And I think that style really appeals to camp people too, um, which is why you've become so popular in the camping world. Um, What was the motivation for writing Get the Behavior You Want Without Being the Parent You Hate? Um, That's my main goal each day is to get my kids to behave the way I want them to without being a screaming or nagging or guilting or uh, angry or, you know, disdaining kind of person. Um, I want to enjoy my parenting. Hmm. I, I would argue that, and I know that as camp people, you deal with tons of parents and you must have I wonder if you guys have noticed a change in the years that you've been in the camping industry. I feel like I have noticed a change just in the, I've been a doc now for 15 years and I've noticed a big change. Parents have always known that we want our kids to grow up to be good people. But there is, and so that's a pressure on us. That there's a voice in our head, you know. Oh, my kid needs to not only not grow up to be an axe murderer, but also grow up to be somebody who can be hopefully a productive member of society, mm-hmm. but also a good person, a person who, for the most part, does the right thing. And how do I raise my child? Because small children are existential, um, you know, id-based creatures who just want what they want. So how do we civilize them? But now there's this societal pressure on parents to make their kids happy and to make sure that their kids are happy at any given moment. Mm. And those two forces are in almost direct opposition most of the time. What I mean by that is if I'm doing a good job as a parent, I'm the proximal cause of most of my kids' unhappiness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one who said no. And it's true as a camp counselor too. You know, like I can, I can help my kids have fun. But I can't make them happy at the expense of the group, the rules, their safety, or doing the right thing. So this pressure that parents now feel to 
look at, is my child happy at this moment? Not do they have the chance of being happy someday, but is my child happy in this moment? And that's the metric of whether or not I'm a good parent. And it puts a tremendous pressure on camps, especially overnight camps, I would argue, but day camps as well, because I'm making the choice to send my child away from me for a week or eight and or somewhere in between. And then if they send me a letter that they weren't happy four and a half days ago for an hour before dinner, then I want to try and fix that right now. And I can't fix it. So you have to fix it. And you have to not only fix it, you then have to post photos proving that you fixed it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and yeah. then I'm going to look critically at every photo as if I wasn't already to figure out if they're happy. And so I want parents to recognize, and there is a whole chapter in my book about sending kids away. And I talk a lot about overnight camp and how awesome it is. But I want parents to recognize that the goals here are to teach our kids to behave well and to enjoy parenting them. The goal is not, and I have a chapter called, get off the happiness hook. Don't, <laughs> don't focus on that. You know, happiness is sometimes a lucky byproduct during childhood, but it is not the main goal. Great. Cool. That's fantastic. Um, so That's jumping off from that point that, that you've just made, um, what do you think that the camping industry needs to do better to support parents as they make that decision to send their children to summer camp? Um, so making the decision, honestly, uh, you guys know Michael Thompson's book, Homesick and Happy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, love that book. I love that book because what he's saying there is all the things that we want for our kids. So my people ask me all the time, what's your parenting philosophy? And I don't subscribe to any particular strain or, um, philosophy of parenting, but I want kids to grow up with what I call the three R's, um, that parents can control, which is knowing how to respect themselves and others, knowing how to be responsible, and knowing how to be resilient. And if parents focus on teaching those three R's, our kids will be able to find and make their own happiness all the time. You know, uh, Okay, not all the time, but they will know how to find it all the time. And so when, when we give our kids those three things, it's in essence the difference between giving a person a fish and teaching them to fish. Instead of giving my child a Snickers and Cartoon Network to make him happy right now, I'm teaching him the skills he needs so he can understand what happiness means to him and how to go look for it and how to get it in a way that's admirable. So what overnight camp and day camp as well do is they are school for kids' character. Every single thing that I want my kids to learn about having good character, they learn at camp. They learn to respect themselves and they learn to respect other people and they learn to respect boundaries, which is the biggest way to learn to be respectful. And then they learn a fantastic work ethic. They learn to be responsible because if everybody doesn't pitch in, a lot less fun is had. And this is true if you're in a pre-K half-day day camp experience. And this is incredibly true if you are an assistant, you know, if you're um, uh, staff in training at an overnight camp for 10 weeks of a summer. But there, and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about this, but there are two sentences that everybody needs to be responsible. One is, how can I help? And the other is, what else can I do? Mm. That's it. Um, and I know we're going to talk about staff training, but if we can teach our staff to say those two sentences and, t- and model it for their kids and get their kids to say those two sentences before they leave the waterfront, at the end of arts and crafts, at cleanup, all those, you know, at a meal, all those times, they will leave camp with a great work ethic. For sure they will. Michael Thompson makes a great point in an article he wrote for the New York Times that 
the only people who know that your eight-year-old can sweep an entire cabin, um, pick up everybody's dirty towels, make their bed, shower on their own, get someplace on time with all their stuff are 18 and 19 and 20 year old staff. (laughs) They don't think twice about, can a child do this? Even as head staff at a camp, we think, well, what can kids do? What's developmentally appropriate? What are we asking of them? What's reasonable? But you know, they're 18 year old counselor. They go do it. (laughs) They don't think, is this developmentally appropriate? They go, uh, this has to get done, do it. And so kids step up. They absolutely step up. And then that last R, that resilience piece That's all camp is, is learning how to exist in a new situation, how to handle it when things don't go exactly your way, and how to reach out for resources when you're struggling. The, the word resilience, it's become such a buzzword in youth development recently, yes. and you've touched on this a little bit already, but why do you think that is? Why is it such a big deal these days? So I'm going to stop for a second and tell you guys a story. I was uh, um, seeing patients in my office and I'm a family doctor. So that means that I see kids and I see their parents and sometimes I see their grandparents and even great grandparents, but um, 60, 70% of my practice is kids. I walked into a room one morning to see a woman who's in her mid fifties who has progressive multiple sclerosis. And at this point in her life, when I'm walking into this room that morning and I've known her for years, she can, she sits in a wheelchair and she can only move her head and speak. She uses her chin to direct her wheelchair with a stick. And I say to her, Hey, Miss so-and-so, how are you today? And she says, wonderful. She said it was my grandson's first birthday this weekend and he's getting to be so big. We had such a nice party and the roses outside my door are coming in beautifully. And I'm going to a concert this weekend and I'm really looking forward to it. And we have the rest of our visit. And I don't know if I'd have noticed the difference, but just a few patients later, I walked into a different room and saw a woman also in her mid fifties who on her chart has a little bit of intermittent low back pain. And I say to her, Hey, Miss so-and-so, how you doing today? And she says, terrible. And I said, Oh, tell me what's going on. And she said, well, you know, my family just doesn't understand my pain and my back and, and that I can't plan things and I can't do things. And they just, they have no, no sympathy for me. It's terrible. And I said, is your pain worse? And she said, Well, no, but it could be. (laughs) And I have to say that as a mom of four kids, I thought, how do I get my kids to grow up behind door number one? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is not possible to protect our kids from every bad thing that will happen to them. And so our job is to figure out how to give them the skills they need to thrive even when bad things happen to them. That secret sauce, that difference between my first patient and my second patient It's not their health. It's not their wealth. It's not their educational status because those happen to be the same in these two women. It's their resilience. And I believe firmly, and I've done some research and some writing and some speaking about this, that resilience can be taught. A few kids are born with it. You guys know kids who seem to just bounce back, you know, from the time they're born, they, they fall down or something doesn't go their way and they rally the group and they brush themselves off and they move right along. And those kids, I liken them to kids who are just very gifted at reading or math. They just came that way, you know, and it's our job to support them and tell them that we admire it and give them more opportunities to polish those skills, but they don't really need us. It's the 97% of kids who were not born that way that really need us. Absolutely. That's great. So 
Uh, often we are hiring people, young people who are in the role of taking care of children for the very first time when they come to work at camp, um, which is intimidating, right? You know, there are are parents and there's parenting books and all this kind of stuff that's out there, um, to help parents raise children. And now we are putting these 18, 19 year olds in that role. What advice would you give to a young camp staff member, um, who's in that role for the first time? So one of the most amazing things about being a staff person who is 17, 18, 19, 20 years old is that when you're with your campers, you're the coolest person in the room. And it doesn't matter how you perceive your social power in your own peer group or even among the other counselors at camp. It doesn't matter what you feel insecure about. It doesn't matter what you don't like about yourself or what bothers you. When you are with your campers, you are the coolest person in that room. And so you have the opportunity to use that power for good. You have a chance that parents don't get, that senior staff um, rarely gets. There's always a couple of senior staff members who have that shine. <laughs> you know, that's the one who plays the guitar or leads the announcements, or you, you know who it is at your camp who everybody wants to be and everybody wants to hang out with and everybody says good morning to, and, and that's wonderful. And I hope that you can each be that person when you're senior staff. But in the meantime, in your cabin, you have all the power. So that means that you get to admire out loud the kids who are behaving in ways that you admire and that you get to gently correct the kids who are trying to use social power for ill, not good. And you get to say, you know what, man, my favorite thing about arts and crafts is leaving it the way we found it because then everybody can enjoy it. And it really shows the person who runs arts and crafts, that specialist, how much we appreciate their time. You don't have to nag. You don't have to make a list. You don't have to make a, you know, a a job out of clean, who has to clean up after arts and crafts. All you have to do is say that you enjoy it or you think it's cool and it will get done. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Please (laughs) use that power. (laughs) Absolutely. Notice the good and, uh, and really, you know, talk about that than the other stuff it really makes a big difference. Um, so for directors, so that's sort of your advice for staff, for people who are yeah. training these young people, um, what's, what's the best way to motivate them? Because you were talking about parents changing, uh, over the last number of years. And we've certainly noticed that, um, working in the camping industry, but, um, young people are changing too. Young adults are changing. They're not the same as they were 10 years ago. So, um, how do, what's the most effective way to motivate them, uh, into this kind of service, into performing at their very best? Okay, so I'm actually going to back up and answer one question you didn't ask me before okay. <laughs> you're motivating them. Okay. You have to hire the right people. And I know that you can't always tell. Absolutely. But I think that it's becoming more and more important to really do due diligence, to talk to their references, to go with your gut about how they are, to check them out online, really look at their social media profiles. And if you're not totally sure how to do that, someone on your staff is sure how to do that. And be sure that the people you're hiring have potential. You know, they don't have to be excellent at this already. As a matter of fact, lots of people we get, we discover their hidden potential. Mm-hmm. But, but please hire carefully. 
Um, so that said, uh, this is actually the topic of the keynote that I'm going to give at the National ACA this year. And um, so I really hope that a lot of people can attend that. And I wrote about it. So it's going to be in the national, the camping magazine that the ACA mm-hmm. puts out. They're doing, um, they asked me to write an article that was a little bit of a teaser about that. And so I gave some very specific suggestions in there about teaching staff these three ideas, respect and responsibility and resilience, and then how they can transfer those onto their kids. But the advice that I have really is that you hire teenagers and young adults for great reasons. And the reasons that make them such good counselors and near peer educators and mentors for their campers are some of the same reasons that make them difficult to manage from above. <laughs> they have, and it's really true, right? They, they need Absolutely less true. sleep. They, they thrive on more drama. They're risk takers. They're often adventure seekers. They are highly social creatures. All those things make them fantastic counselors and specialists, but can make them kind of tough employees. So remembering that their brains are not actually adult brains yet. Uh, there are some things I always say to parents that there's no such thing, for example, as a, a 16 year old. There's someone who is on a constantly swinging pendulum between 26 and six <laughs> and Great. back and forth and back and forth. And you can catch them at any point on that pendulum swing. And when you catch them, and it hovers the longest at the ends, just like a pendulum actually does. And so when you catch them, when they're 26, if they happen to be 27 during your interview, you're like, this is the most amazing person mm-hmm. ever. I don't understand why they're not ruling the universe. We got them. But then, you know, you give them, uh, six nights of three hours of sleep during pre-camp um, staff training and a, a girl that they like to maybe like somebody else. And, uh, <laughs> something they saw on Twitter from their friends who stayed home and didn't go to camp. And then you ask them to do something they don't want to do and you're going to meet the six-year-old. And so when kids are under stress and when staff are under stress, their worst behavior comes out. So they need boundaries just as clearly as your campers do. They need to start off on the right foot. They need to see excellent behavior modeled from their, um, from their senior staff, but then they need one more thing. They need, they need the fire in their belly. They need to really understand the mission of your camp and see themselves as soldiers or artists or ambassadors or, you know, proselytizers in that message. You have to call them to some kind of higher action because the way their brain is wired, and this is why 18-year-olds go into the military with such fervor or go into a sports team with such fervor or go into the priesthood with fervor, whatever it is, they do it with like, I have to, I'm called to this, I must. It's because they have tons and tons of receptors in their brain for the chemical um, oxytocin that dumps and for the adrenaline, the chemical adrenaline that dumps when they feel like they are doing huge good, when they are doing important work. So that's one of the things that makes them a great counselor that can get kids super excited about tie-dyeing with Kool-Aid. But you have to use that power. You have to let them know what it is you know that they can accomplish this summer, the hard things you know that they can do. Michael Brandwine says this. He says, you are camp people and you can do hard things. Mm -hmm. When we call 
young adults to do hard things and say to them, we know that this sucks sometimes and we know that you can do it. And here's the reason you are going to change these kids lives this summer. They will step up. That's great. And I love that you have sort of reinforced all the things Camp Code talks about. (laughs) Somehow you just said it better than we ever did. So that's fantastic. Just different. Just different. There's research that shows that when you get advice from someone you know, you really believe it if it's about details, but if it's about big ideas, you have to hear about it from someone new. Oh, yeah. Like it, that's what, that's what gets our brains really excited. Which is so awesome for you to be here today. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> great. Uh, well, any other thoughts before we uh, move on to wrap up our show? Beth, did you have any other questions or Dr. G, anything else you wanted to add? I have a, one more question. I just wondered what the because our, um, our focus is often for the camp directors, for the owners, for the executive directors. What do you think we as an industry need to do better to support parents um, when they make that decision to send their children to summer camps? Because it's becoming more and more difficult. Um, it, it used to be when I was growing up, everybody went to summer camp. Um, but marketing camps is, is harder now. So do you have advice for us in terms of doing better for parents? When you are marketing to parents, help them see that you share their goals for their children. When we share goals with someone, we feel already aligned with them, already like we might have found a port in the storm that is the stress of raising our kids. So if you can share with your potential families and your families, because now with social media, anything you share with your families that they like, they're going to share and their friends are going to see it. So I, I mean, I'm a big fan and I'm happy to offer content. If you're looking for this, I put up a new parenting video every single Monday on my YouTube channel. And I'm happy to anyone who wants to contact me and find out how to embed those in in a newsletter. If you're sending out contact, you know, information to parents, or if you're sharing things on your social media sites, but make sure that you're letting parents know, Hey, we don't just want your kids and your money in the summer. You're a part of our camp family all year long. We're thinking about you, thinking about your kids, planning a great summer for them, but we're also thinking about parent-teacher conferences, which are next week. And how's that impacting our kids? You know, I think that parents, once they're a part of your camp, they love it that you call their kids your kids. And to know that you're wondering about their coolest Halloween costume and you're wondering what their New Year's resolutions are, and not only as it relates to sending your kids to camp and getting all their friends to go to camp, but also, you know, tell us, what do you hope that 2015 will bring for your kids? And then in, you know, in March, you can turn around in your newsletter and say, hey, here's the five most common things we heard from you guys that you want. Here's how we're building those into our camp curriculum this summer. This is how we are going to make that, you know, you want your kids to talk back less. Well, you know, we actually are going to do this entire drama program about with, you know, with ease age groups about how it feels when someone speaks to you in a certain way and do all this role play, you know, that sending your kids to camp is going to solve your problems. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, because we we do want to be um, partners with parents and in developing kids and, you know, giving them the best opportunities to become the best they can be. So that's great. It's true. And before we end, I would just like to say very transparently that even though a lot of the people who are watching this are not 18, 19, 20 years old with all of those extra receptors (laughs) in their brain, please, please keep up the important work that you're doing. Because I think that if we could get every kid to go to camp, then 
10 years from now, we would be saying, wow, the staff we're hiring, the pendulum's really swung back. The staff we're hiring, they're really people who are respectful and responsible and resilient. They're great people. They're going to be an amazing staff, and I'm not at all worried. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, great. Well, Dr. G, thank you so much uh, for talking with us today, and we are going to get one so more nice little great tidbit from you. It's so nice to start my day with camp people. This is so much fun. (laughs) It's a a good place to be, for sure. Uh, And we want to invite all of you all who are listeners to get involved with Camp Code. So you can join us on the hashtag Camp Code and tell us what topics you would like for us to discuss, um, to tell us what guests you'd recommend that we talk to, any great leadership tips that you have to share, uh, because we'd love to hear from you. We are all about sharing in this industry. That's what makes it so great. And we would also like to ask that if you have found this podcast to be useful, you've enjoyed this episode, please search for Camp Code, that's two words, on iTunes and leave a rating and review for us. We really appreciate hearing from you and your feedback helps keep our show going. Um, So we want to give you uh, contact information for each of us. So um, Beth, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Our website is camphacker.tv. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv and you can uh, find us on Twitter at hashtag camphacker. Great. Thanks. Dr. G? The best way to get in touch with me is always my website, which is askdrg.com. But I am on Facebook. I hang out over in Camp Pros. So if you want to just message me there, Deborah Gilboa, and it's Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, and Gilboa is G-I-L-B-O-A. So you can always tag me in a post on Camp Pros or uh, message me on Facebook as well. Great. Thanks. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at RubyLynn85. You can also find out about where I work. It's GreenRiverPreserve.org behind a lot of the blog posts during the off season. So you can check that out there. So we actually have another great interview lined up for our next podcast. Beth, you want to tell us a little bit more about what's coming up? Absolutely. We'll be talking with Crystal Earle, who is the co-founder of Live Different, which is an organization that helps young people to find the power to work together for something bigger than themselves. She helps uh, young adults recognize their own purpose and potential, and she's really passionate about sparking a change in a generation of young global leaders, which is uh, what camp is all about. So we're excited to speak to her, too. A good month of interviews. <laughs> Great. Thanks. At the end of each podcast, we share a best practice for leadership training. And today, because we have the talented Dr. G, we wanted Mm -hmm. to ask her a question and have her share her thoughts. So the question is, how do we best raise and encourage our staff to be respectful, responsible, and resilient? And my concise answer (laughs) (laughs) would be to specifically admire them to tell them not, Hey, you're a great counselor or, uh, just so glad to have you back this summer or really glad you're joining us, but tell them from the first day you see them, be ready. Just like you're ready for your campers, be ready at the beginning of staff training to say, um, one of the things I really admired as I was getting to know you on your resume is the perseverance that you've shown in your lacrosse, you know, tell them, what it is that brought them to you, why you actually hired them in very specific terms, and then keep that up throughout the season. I noticed you that there's there's never a kid lagging behind in your group that you're not back there walking with them. 
I really appreciate your attention to each kid in your group. Whatever the things are that you really admire, what we speak out loud to people, they feel better about and we'll get more of. Fantastic. Thanks so much. And we want to thank all of you all for listening and please join us on the hashtag camp code. Please remember no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a camp hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The camp code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.